On today's Profitable Flip Show, an investor turned a $2,033 GoDaddy expired auction domain name purchase into a $22,000 sale in five months, coming from a buyer's initial offer of only $500. And it's not his first sale of a domain name made out of a common phrase. If you want to know what's attractive about phrase domains, this is the show you need to watch. Serious about online trading? Secure your funds, keep your merchandise safe, and use a company that keeps the buyer and seller protected the whole way through. That's escrow.com. Payments you can trust. Finally, if you're a domain name investor, don't you have unique legal needs that require domain name technical know-how and industry experience? That's why you need Stephen Lieberman of Greenberg and Lieberman or Jason Schaefer of Esquire.com. Go search for Jason Schaefer or Stephen Lieberman on Domain Sherpa, watch their interviews, and you can see for yourself that they can clearly explain issues, can help you with buy-sell agreements, deal with website content issues and UDRP actions, and even help you write your website terms and conditions. Stephen Lieberman and Jason Schaefer are the lawyers to call for internet legal issues. See for yourself at Esquire.com or APlegal.com. Hey, Sherpa Network. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Tess Diaz, and I'm the executive producer of DomainSherpa.com, the website where you can learn how to become a successful domain name investor or entrepreneur directly from the experts. This is the Domain Sherpa show called Profitable Flips. In this series, I invite domain name investors to share all the details of how they bought low and sold high, and in doing so, reveal some of the mystery around domain name investing. Today, I'm proud to introduce our uh, very own Drew Rosner with a story about how he sold BreakBread.com. Hi, Drew. Hi, Tess. Good Great to see you. Here. Good to see you again. Have you ever done a profitable flip before? I don't think so. There, there's, there may have been one in the very, very early days of Domain Sherpa, uh, but I don't, I don't necessarily recall. I don't, I don't think so. I think this is my first profitable flip. Well, that's but funny. I, I, I may stand corrected. So, to those of you who like to keep score, uh, I may be wrong, but I don't remember another profitable flip show. Well, that's funny, yeah, because you definitely have had your own share of profitable flips, whether you've had these shows or not, eh? One or two. So I just think um, that it's valuable to have you talk about profitable flips. I think a lot of the Sherpa Network thinks that profitable flips aren't available to everyone or... um, um, sometimes it's hard to know which domain to focus in on and the phrase domains mm-hmm. that you've really been um, liking a lot lately, I think are really valuable. Um, so breakbread.com, an expired name on GoDaddy auction. It's, um, how did that come to your attention in the first place? Okay. So, um, I'm going to step back for, for one second and sort of just reflect on what your initial question was, is why are these brandable domains or these, these common phrases so valuable? And, you know, I think the, the 
may have been the first show, but certainly the most important show I've probably ever done on Domain Sherpa. It was one of the first, if not the first, uh, with Michael talking about domain valuation and what made, uh, what, what, what did I base my valuation formula on? And, you know, it's evolved a lot since then, which, you know, I think that's five or six years ago. Um, and it's certainly evolved a lot since then, but the core principles remain the same. Um, the algorithm has been adjusted. Some of the numbers have been adjusted. The handicaps have been adjusted. The variables have been adjusted. But the core principles of that valuation remain the same. And ultimately, whatever metrics you're using to judge uh, the value to input in, in, into this algorithm to, to establish what's the value or any algorithm, what is the value of a domain name? The, the essence of it is trying to establish how often and how popular a domain name is used in commerce and in culture. Mm -hmm. Those are the two core principles of any domain valuation of any, any keyword, any acronym, um, uh, you know, there are other factors that go in and there are, there's circumstantial stuff that goes in, but for the most part, the, 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 in, the inherent value of a domain name is based on how popular is it? How popular is the SLD, the stuff to the, to the left of the dot? And again, we're going to make, just assume everything to the right is .com. Um, how popular is that term, that acronym, that phrase in culture and in commerce and um the term break bread is quite popular it's a uh, you know uh for for there were several reasons why this was really high on my radar when i saw that this domain was expiring and i was watching it go through the process and i started bidding for it on godaddy um you know I made a decision really quickly that I wanted this name and I was willing to pay a pretty good price for it. Um, ultimately, because not only is it common in culture, but it's something I use often. And the reason it has a lot of meaning to me is that there's very few things that people, human beings can do together that creates a stronger relationship than to share a meal. And the most common way of phrasing that is to break bread together. Mm -hmm. And so breakbread.com to me was, you know, it's one of these names that really got to the essence of relationship building. It got to the essence of, of things that make human people, you know, humans kick, um, you know, the, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And so um, I, you know, these are all things that led me to believe that, that, that breakbread.com, even though it, it probably isn't liquid for a lot of money and probably, you know, you, you generally, I would have expected to wait, you know, some period of time before, you know, the perfect buyer would present themselves. Um, in this case, it happened faster than I expected, but um, you know, nonetheless, it's a name that I definitely bought with confidence that this name would have value uh, and substantial value to somebody at some point, certainly more than we were paying. So, so, um, so even though a phrase like this, you know, you can't really come together and eat together on the internet. You're not going to sell bread. It's just because you say, Hey, let's go break bread. I mean, I know you've said that to me when we're together. Um, yeah. And so you, um, you could see the community, the closeness in, in that. Um, exactly. 
and you figured you weren't going to outbound sell this. You were just going to wait. And someday someone looking for a brand would want this. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, we really don't do much outbound selling on any of our names that we own uh, or the media options or that um, uh, internet real estate owns. Um, we generally just wait for the buyer to come to us um, because we're too busy selling other people's names. But um, yeah, I, I definitely had confidence that that buyer would show up at some point. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, break bread. Wh- what do you think? Um, give me a couple other examples of phrase domains like this, common sayings. Like I'm thinking of, I loved a domain that media options listed a while back, Roger that. Dot com, um, especially right yeah, when the Super Bowl like that came too. out. Yeah, right. Um, what What are a couple others yeah. that you've owned over the years, or that you've really loved, that you think are great sayings? Um, eat fish. Eatfish.com was a. I, I, I like how it's a little bit of a different. It's not necessarily a popular phrase, but it's a. You know, it's a two word brandable that it's a, you know the two words come together beautifully and it's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't think there's any better way to say it, you know? Um, uh, what else? Uh, we've got a lot of, you got me on the spot now and I, I, I can't think of them offhand, but we, we have quite a few. Michael Birkins was really, you know, he, that was kind of his signature thing. He had a lot of just phenomenal two and three word phrases, catchphrases. Uh, and he always seemed to sell them very well in the, in the, in the, you know, sort of, uh, low to mid five figure range. Really? Um, Do you think that was a factor in his portfolio sale? Um, probably, you know, probably. You just see had a whole lot of those names right in that, in GoDaddy's wheelhouse, you know, in that sort of five to $25,000 price range. I think that's where GoDaddy makes most of their sales. It is. And yeah. so, um, it's I where it was it, a factor. You're right. That is where GoDaddy makes most of its sales. It's also where all domains, most of their sales are um, in the aftermarket or in, um, you know, to an end user are $5,000 to $25,000. Yeah. So I I actually missed Paul Nix's um, keynote speech at Namescon. But I saw today that um, Elliot posted it on his blog. And so I actually took the time and I watched it. Um, I was multitasking, of course. But I was watching Paul's speech, um, and it was great. It was really informative, um, and it was very much in line with a lot of things that I see about, you know, sort of tiers of domains and, you know, sort of a name fits into a tier, and the price is, you know, it's very consistently going to fall, you know, within a certain um, sort of price range. And, um, and then, you know, he was talking about the, 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 the numbers of domains they sell in each of those tiers, price tiers. And, um, you know, I think this would have been, you know, if you've been run this through their tool or they'd price it, I think it would have been, you know, priced right at the, um, you know, the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the sweet spot. That's, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will post a link to, um, I didn't realize Elliot had put it up, but Paul Nix, definitely VP over at GoDaddy. And he's been there forever. Um, he was a seasoned veteran when I started at GoDaddy and, Oh, six or something. I mean, he has seen probably more domain transactions than anyone. Um, yeah. So um, I'll, I'll definitely put a link up to what he had to say. Um, and Elliot. I take offense to that. Oh, awkward. <laughs> um, 
so uh, um yeah well um the only the only common saying i can think of that you own is the one you set up your email for but i don't know if you want to say that one yeah let's we'll, we'll, we'll keep that one out of the show okay um so anyway um so break bread um so you saw it and it just caught your attention um you said this is this is something in a phrase because there are a lot of phrases that are awkward, that stink, that people should not buy. I see, what, a hundred phrases people should not buy to the one they should? Maybe it's a thousand? Maybe a thousand. Right? I mean, it's hard. Yeah. So how no, does I mean, it break down? Again, it's just how, is it popular? And is it the right form, right? Like, if this yeah. was breakbreads.com with an X on the end, that would never sell for what any about, price. What mm. about breaking bread? So breakingbread.com would still have some value, but it's not a call to action. It's a state of being. It's, we are breaking bread. And yeah. what you want to play to with any type of branding, and particularly with a domain name, is you, know, you want to call attention to or direct people to or give a, you know, give a call to action around you know, sort of the basic human needs. And you mentioned earlier, it's about community. That's what breaking bread is about. It's about creating a connection, a human connection, about creating relationships, about community, and you're you're you're, you're giving people a call to action. Stimulus, you know, um, in, engagement, and, and ultimately that's what these things are all about. So yeah, um, yeah, I think any other form of this would have, you know just wouldn't cut it. You know, this is the form. It's, it's breakbread.com. There's really yeah. no other way to say it. Breaking bread, yes, it has a place. Yes, it probably has some value. Um, but the likelihood of an end user sale is tr tremendously less. And, uh, and the value would ultimately be tremendously less. Just, and you know, just to really break this down for the Sherpa Network. Uh, so breaking bread, I feel like, is like eating now um we are already breaking bread like you're late to the show already even though it doesn't yeah, exactly. you, it doesn't connote and it's not a verb a call to action is a verb you know break bread i hear manja manja break bread come on let's go um whereas breaking bread is like hey look over there people are eating you you're yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's exactly. not it's not that it doesn't have value, but I just really wanted to spell out the difference. Yeah, okay. and it, so. in general, ING names just have never really done well. Um, it, it, they just, I don't know, it's just a strange form of these words that generally doesn't lend itself to being a great brand. Um, I, I just have never seen a lot of success with, with the, you know, dot I, you know, not just with ING ending um you yeah know, and uh yeah that that that's a good point yeah like i know that um uh you know you look at a bunch of brands and imagine them with ing at the end and they they just wouldn't wouldn't be the same yeah well yeah. it's like you know drink.com and you got a call to action or a noun mm -hmm. um drinking.com it's like you know yeah it's not bad i mean throw some drinking games or but it's like, we're already drinking. So what are you going to offer me? You know, it's, it's, it's in the direction of what you were saying before. It's, it's you're late to the party. Yeah. Um, Maybe something like running, you know, 
I could so see that. Running, but I loved at at auction at NamesCon um, runner.com. Yeah. I liked much better because um, yeah. it's an identity. It's who I am, you know. Exactly. Run. Which again is a basic human need. I, you know, yeah. having a sense of identity, very basic human need. And that's with any type of branding, that's what you're playing to. You want to address basic human needs at their essence. Hmm. So are you saying, you know, you just said basic human need. And I was like, gee, I need to tell myself that when I'm going to skip going to the gym. And then I realized you didn't mean running is a basic human need. You meant having an identity. Um, A sense sense of identity. So exercise is not a basic human need. You know, you need to do it if you want to live longer and have a, you know, just all around better quality of life while you're living. PSA from Drew um, Rosner. Yeah, but it's not a basic human need. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, sense of identity, very basic human need. Yeah, that's really, really good. I wonder if, like, you know me, I I want a spreadsheet now of, like, what are basic human needs? Um, Because they do. Maybe maybe we can do that. Maybe maybe if you you find some extra time, which you probably won't. (laughs) Uh, maybe we can, you know, there are, you know, there are lists of basic human needs, not, not just the, you know, shelter, water, food, um, but, you know, sort of the psychological need. Connection, and, um, identity. And, exactly. Yeah. And so these, um, if you can address these things, you know, maybe we can make a check, a checklist. And it's like, when you're buying a domain, it's like, does this address a basic human need, you know, in some form or another? And it's not always immediately apparent, um, like saying the domain runner.com. I mean, that doesn't immediately address, you know, basic human need. But when you say that, you know, I am a runner, it identifies who I am. Um, that, when, you know, then it leads you to, okay, this is giving somebody a, a sense of identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember a long time ago, I actually don't remember the circumstances, but I remember discussing the domain name um, Jewish.com. And I loved mm-hmm. the idea of emails at Jewish.com. And I think emails at runner.com. So sometimes if you're not sure, say if something's an identity, you could look at it that way of with this, you know, at breakbread.com, you know, it's not the same because it's not an identity. It's a community. Right. Um, but, yeah. um, but just seeing, I think seeing things in those ways could help beyond a, a checklist. So, um, so you bought breakbread.com off GoDaddy expired auctions in September. And yep. five, five months later, like a couple days ago, um, you got an email from CETO with a $500 offer. Yes. To which we, I believe we replied 25000 and basically just stayed firm at that price, and they slowly inched their way up from $500. Really? Okay. First, I want to do like a multiple choice. Um, so you get an offer for $500 for something that it's publicly available information, isn't it? That you just bought it for two grand. Well, yes. Well, I, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't checked. It probably is publicly available. Okay. Um, the purchase price and the date that we bought it. Um, but two things. Number one, uh, what I paid to buy something has absolutely no bearing on its value uh, or the price at which I would sell it. 
Secondly, um, most people wouldn't know where to look to go find that information. True uh, particularly, and true. And it, particularly an end user. Very good. I want to come back to those two points. But first, I kind of like my multiple choice idea here. So, right, you get some low ball offer for 500 bucks on a domain name you just bought for four times that, right? Yep. I mean, we all have multiple choice, right? A, you just ignore the email. B, mm -hmm. you tell them you're an idiot. Um, C, you write back with some, I mean, if they're such an idiot, maybe they'll go for some huge price, right? Maybe mm -hmm. D, you send back voluminous information on why domain, this domain is worth this, right? Um, I think, not, so you, right, um, you did none of the above? You wrote back pretty simply and said, Well, so I was, I was confined to the Sado um, negotiation system. Okay. So I'm fairly limited. It literally is a multiple choice of what I can actually, well, I suppose you can, you can give an, a, a custom note to some extent. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, we just stayed at 25,000 firm and, and, and they gradually, you know, raised their offer. Okay. If you didn't have, um, sorry, I didn't realize that Sato's offers were kind of multiple choice. That's funny. Um, I don't think they're called like be a prick, stick it to them. <laughs> um, but they kind of, it's like you, you have the option of like, um, this is my best offer. I've received higher offers. Um, I don't know what else. There's like four or five different options that you can. I like that. I've received from. higher offers. That's very professional, but sets expectations. So yeah. if you weren't confined um, by that answering system, would you still have done the same short and sweet 25K? Yeah, I mean, particularly with a $500 offer, I, I, you know, in fact, I probably wouldn't have responded with a price in most circumstances. I would have just said, no, thank you. Um, but that's not an option with uh, Sato unless you want to close the negotiation entirely. Oh, uh, interesting. Okay. And you know, you yeah. don't want to shut the door. So normally you so just say, no, thank you. Provide a counter offer. Okay. So normally yeah. you just say, no, thank you. So that you're setting expectations, but not giving a, um, a price range back to see if they're going to circle back. Yeah. And I have to switch headsets because this one just told me it's dying. Oh, well, hello there. Hello. Um, I'm very happy that went seamlessly. Yeah, I think your voice raised like an octave, though. Oh, cool. Is that good or bad? I don't know. Um, so, um, well, are you going to sing for us next? Um, so, um, so you wrote back and said 25K, and you said slowly they came back. Little, like, so what, how many, how, and, and was this, you know, an hour later, two hours later? Was this a week later? Um, I, hold on, let me see. I don't, I don't, I don't know offhand. Okay. Um, I think it was over the course of several days. Um, let me see. Oh, I got it open here. Hold on. I'll tell you exactly. Okay. So, oh no, I can't see the original negotiation anymore. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I believe it transpired over several days. Okay. And they weren't coming back like 750. Um, Again, I, I couldn't tell you exactly what the case was, but I, I, I believe it was small incremental raises until we got to something around eight or 10 grand. 
And then, you know, I think I actually wrote a custom message and said like, you know, look, I appreciate the offer. It's a good offer, but we're simply not interested to sell it for less than, um, you know, $25,000 or close. Okay. And so then, you gave them a little opening, but each time you yes. were back 25K, 25K, 25K. And they weren't exactly. running away. They weren't saying we can't afford that. I, I think maybe when he got to 10 grand or thereabouts, um, I believe I, I reduced it a little bit to like 23,999. Okay. Just to like show, just to show some good faith, which I, again, I think is important. You know, if people are showing good faith and they're making a valid offer, even if it's lower than you are expecting or want, I think it's important to just show some good faith that you're willing to work with them a little bit, even if it's, you know, non-material, um, it, it just to, just to show some good faith. So I, I think we rate, I think we made it might have lowered the price by, uh, you know, thousand dollars or something. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Ultimately, do you want me to say the price we sold it for? Or did you? Yeah. Um, no, ultimately we sold it for 22,000. Excellent. So you really held your ground at 25 pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we really came. Uh, I think they came up to 22 and, uh, you know, may or may not have said this is our best offer or something to that extent. You know, ultimately, um, here's what I'll say. Negotiation isn't always about getting the best price over the long term. It's better to close more deals than it is to get, you know, incrementally more on any individual deal. And so I believe we were at 23,999 or something in that vicinity. And they came up to 22. Now I'm pretty confident that if I had held my ground and said 23,999, that's our best offer or 23,500, or even if we had really held our ground at 25 and never came off that price, if they're willing to pay 22, they probably would pay 25. But you risk offending the smaller group of people who do get offended, who do feel the absolute need to get some, you know, to win some ground in, in, a, in a negotiation just on the, you know, face value of it. Um, nothing to do with the finances, nothing mm -hmm. to do with the, the price, just the simple need or desire to feel like they, they won some ground in the negotiation. Mm -hmm. And so um, I rather close the deal and be done with it and move on to the next one. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, we, they came to 22 and we said we accepted. That's excellent. Congratulations. And you. you know, um, move, so when you say moving on to the next deal, also recognizing it could be with them. You're not just getting, you know, uh, one deal with them. This well, I, I think in know. this case, you never know. You, you never know. know. Not and only most, most likely this is not going to be somebody we ever do business with again. But yeah, you never correct. know. You never know. But this it's not be, just know, the next that. campaign or Panera Bread or you know who knows. Yeah, but it could be their relationships when you know they're at some conference talking to their friends who say. Well, yeah, I mean, in this case, it all went over Sado. They probably more than likely have no idea who they bought it from. It probably okay. has no reflection on us. But yes, in general, I agree with it, with what you're saying. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know too. Um, yeah. 
um, is there a way in Sado or would you have an interest or is this against their policy or to put in there in a custom message at the end, like, thanks for doing business. This is my contact info. If you ever want more no. domains, that's no. Okay. There's no option or that's against the rules. Is that the wrong thing to do? Probably all of the above. Okay, well, since we're on a multiple choice theme, okay. Um, all right. Now, I cut you off before, um, and I'm like, because Mike Seiger told me to. And, um, and but you had two really great things you were going to say, and um, I didn't write them down. Do you remember what they were? I don't. Okay. I have no clue. All right. Well, um, Oh, well, I know. I said there was two points. Um, one, the price I paid for the domain right. has nothing to, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Has nothing to do with what the value is. And, and that can go in the other direction too. So mo more often than not, I get people coming to us and say, well, we paid $100,000 for this domain. You know, I, I think we can sell it for more. And, you know, I have to tell them, well, there's a chance but the name is worth less than what you paid in terms yeah. of liquid value. Um, and so in order to achieve the price you paid or higher, we've got to find the perfect buyer at the perfect time. And timing, as I've said a million times, uh, timing is more important than price in the domain business. It's all about timing. Um, but yeah, what you paid has no bearing on the value or what you will sell it for. Um, and, uh, uh, the second point was most people have no idea where to find the information about what a name might have sold for previously. Okay. But I think so, actually now in hindsight, I don't think those are the two points you're talking about. No, they are. That okay. was exactly it. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I was like, I should write that down like Mike does. And then I'm like, oh, I'll remember. And here we are. So um, you have a great memory, Drew. No, I don't. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'll take it when I can get it. Yeah. Um, so, um, so you don't look at all, I mean, you're in a unique position, right? Because, uh, you work for yourself, you live in Panama, you live the life every, um, one in the Sherpa network wishes they lived, right? So sure you can. I don't know about that. <laughs> you can afford to not look at the price, but, um, did you do that in the beginning? What um, do you mean? What do you mean not look at the price? So you're saying you're not looking at the price of when you bought the domain, when you're deciding what to sell it for. And, and that is reasonable. I mean, well, when, I'm when not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. So okay. I definitely do look at the price that we paid, but ultimately it has no bearing on the value or what the ultimate sell, resale price will be. Um, a few more things. So one, um, I consider myself a very good domain buyer. Um, and I have a pretty, you know, I have a, let's say I have a better handle on value than most people do. And so for me, the price I paid might have more bearing on the, on the price that we're going to sell, the, the price we're going to set for the domain name than it may for other people. Um, and two, um, I don't know what two was, I forgot. But um, yeah, but in general, uh, particularly if the purchase was made in a longer time frame that, you know, 
than, than this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, what you paid has, has little bearing on what the value is today or what the price you can sell it for today. Mm-hmm. And where, why, like, why did this sale happen? You bought it and five months later, out of the blue on CEDO, you had it listed on CEDO? Well, we had it listed in our account. We did not have a buy it now price on it. We did not have any price on it. Okay, so just any domain you buy is automatically listed on CEDO? Yeah, I mean, not necessarily, but we try to, I try to go into CEDO and update the names that we have for sale, you know. Okay, so just to passively have them available is, is a great thing to do. And you think if, you know, Joe Schmo who let it go before, if they had renewed it another year, you think they would have gotten this offer or you think a buyer at Sado isn't, if they're not going to research well, that you just got it for two grand, they're not going to look up a who is and go find an owner. They're just kind of looking through what's there. I think that this guy paid $22,000 for breakbread.com. He clearly really wanted the domain. He would have found whoever owned it one way or the other, most okay. likely. Um, I think that, whoever let this domain expire uh, would have had the opportunity to sell the domain to this buyer. Um, But they probably wouldn't have held out for that price simply because they clearly weren't assigning a tremendous amount of value to the domain since they let it expire. Fair enough. They would have thought the initial $500 offer was great. Five, yeah, whether it was 500 or they would have maybe countered with, you know, 1500, 2500, whatever they felt their time was worth in order to sell the domain. Um, they likely assign more time, more value to their time than they do the domain itself, mm-hmm. which I'm, that's a big assumption, but I'm making that assumption based on the fact they let it expire. So, um, yeah, but they likely would not have held out for that price. Yeah, true. True. But like anything, it's a, you know, understanding the value of what you've got is key to achieving that value. If you're comfortable in the value, then you're going to be more confident holding out for that value. Um, and the only reason to sell it for less than the value would be if you have an immediate need or use for that cash. Um, otherwise, if you're comfortable in the value, you understand what the value is, then why would you sell it for less? Fair or enough, much, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So I, um, I just looked up uh, lists of like, there are tons of these, like the most used phrases, famous idioms, where, you know, where they come from. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want you to give me just good, quick, quick, quick thoughts. Okay. Hot potato. Great. Okay. Penny for your thoughts. So just, this is like whether or not it would make a great domain name, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Penny for your thoughts. I think that name actually expired. I believe I was in the auction for it. Um, I, it good domain, but it's not a hotpotato.com. But it's, it would be a good domain, yes. Yeah, I like how you, uh, yeah, it's not a hot potato. Um, insult to injury. Uh, great brand. Could be a great law firm brand. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Okay, curiosity killed the cat. Mm. Not so much. Too long. Curiosity, hard to spell, especially when it's in a bunch of other stuff on top. Okay. And I don't know what the commercial, I don't know what the commercial about, you know, what's the commercial use for it? Yeah. Good point. I brokered herdingcats.com years ago. I thought that was hilarious. 
Um, oh, I like this one. Don't give up the day job. Uh, mediocre. Yeah, maybe shorter. Give up the day job. Uh, yeah, I mean, then you change the meaning, though. Yeah, I, I just think, yeah. Maybe I just like doing it. Um, okay, Elvis has left the building. Mm, potential trademark problems. I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, uh, under the weather? Yeah, great. Great brand. Underweather.com, great, great brand. Jump on the bandwagon? Also great. Last straw? Great. Uh, not a spark of decency? Not so much. Once in a blue moon? Mediocre. Uh, piece of cake? Phenomenal. Speak of the devil? Mediocre. Take it with a grain of salt? Mediocre. Taste of your own medicine? Better than mediocre, not phenomenal. Okay, and here is the final one for all our domain investors. A fool and his money are soon parted. One of my favorite sayings, probably not a great domain though. Yeah, and that's probably the guiding phrase to keep in your head when you're looking at phrases. Absolutely. And wondering. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say the vast majority of folks on name pros should take note of that phrase. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's just, it is, it's, you make it sound so easy, but it really is these tiny little details um, that... The, de the devil's in the details. Oh, pun, hey. Pun intended. Pun intended. Yeah. So, yeah, the pun, but the de it's true. I mean, it's all in the details. Like, you know, breaking bread versus break bread. Like, knowing that break bread is the better one of those two is a very valuable distinction to understand. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And when you're evaluating any of these types of names, knowing that you've got the best version of the phrase is critical because if you don't have the best version Ooh. your chances are, are very low of selling it and so knowing you have the best version means you can educate your buyer set expectations you can look up what else is available means, and how much it costs you've got leverage it means you've got leverage right because it, it, the, the branding is on your side the, the sort of consumer intent is on your side the mind share is on your side you know, any other version is, is, is going to be thought of as sort of second class to the buyer. And so you've got leverage. You've got the power to uh, ask for more and, you know, hold your ground. If I may say, that was a goldnugget.com. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help it. I think we're selling that. I think we're brokering gold, golden, goldnugget.com. Gold nugget, which is better than golden nugget. Yes. Sure. Well, golden um, nugget would be a trademark problem with the casino too. Oh, good point. Good point. Um, so the only thing I didn't ask about the auction: how many other bidders were there? Um, how high were you willing to go? Um, let's talk about the auction. Yeah, I'm not sure. There definitely was a few other bidders. I mean, it went up to two thousand dollars, so there definitely was a few people involved. Um, I don't know how many, uh, and I would have gone probably to at least five grand. Definitely, I would have paid five grand. Okay. Um, I may have gone a bit higher. I may have paid seventy five hundred. Just huh. only, but only. I not. It's not a name I probably would have suggested most people pay seventy five hundred dollars for. I just break bread has been a um, a phrase that I use 
throughout my entire professional career. <laughs> it was probably the most popular slogan of my old boss when I was in the fish business. Um, you know, that was, he used to beat it into my head. Like, you know, you've got a customer, go break bread with that guy, you know, make, get, build that relationship. Oh. And so um, it was something that was sort of had sentimental meaning to me. And so I really, I mean, when I saw it expire, I wanted that name. I, I probably would have paid, I probably would have paid up to 7,500 for it. I wouldn't have gone more than that. Um, that. I think it would have been a smart purchase for anybody up to maybe five grand. Interesting. I mean, that's phenomenal. So you paid less than half of what you would recommend absolutely anyone pay. And you made a 10X in... 11X. In five months. That's... Yeah doing nothing except receiving a $500 offer. That's, that's, that's phenomenal. And that's something anyone could have done who outbid you for, you know, $2,033. Yeah. They would have still lost, but yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, okay. So um, tell me too, in your GoDaddy auctions, how, do you just go once a day and check them out? Did you have this, um, like a back order placed? How do you plan out your auctions? Because there are so many auction houses. Um, how do you well, plan I them out? Well, I think we're going to have to charge. I think we have to send it. I think we have to send an invoice to GoDaddy for a sponsorship of this show after calling out Paul Nixon, his, his talk, and then GoDaddy auctions and their appraisal system and all this stuff. But so the um, GoDaddy uh, Premier Services, or whatever it's called now, um, has a great new program, which I believe I can mention. I don't, I don't know. I hope, hopefully I can. Yeah. Um, but they send me lists. Um, I think every day of the names that they think would be, um, I think it's, I, I don't know. It's expiring domains. Um, or it might be just any auctions. I don't know if it's limited to expiries, but names which are in auction, which are ending soon which I believe is curated for each customer, but it may not be curated. Maybe everybody's getting the same list. Um, I, mean, I don't know. There's usually 20 or 30 names, I would say, that, that they send me, um, that my you know, rep sends me every day. And uh, yeah, I just click on the ones that I like and, and bid on them. Nice. Um, well, so definitely. That's, that's honestly, I mean, I do try to get into the auction system and actually go through the list of names mm -hmm. as often as I can. Um, once in a while, I also go on domain chain site, uh, DNS, D, what is it? D, DN. Oh, shoot. DN. DN. That's Because it's um, domain chains um, auction daily. Yeah, so dsad.com, main change list. Sorry, buddy. Um, I do go on there uh, mostly when I see it in like the domaining.com newsletter. I'll click on his thing and check out what names they picked out for the day. Um, but I, you know, once in a while I try to get it to go to, I mean, as often as I can. I just honestly, I'm kind of overwhelmed and it's hard to get in there. And the list on GoDaddy is so big that it's, it takes a long time to sort of go through. But there are, a lot of, and increasingly so, I'm finding more and more great names are showing up on GoDaddy auctions. So, yeah, that's uh, true. Um, okay, so um, so you really like the curated list you get from GoDaddy, which I would love to do a show on that. 
And well, um, I don't, yeah, I think it's limited to their um, platinum client services scheme. Okay. Um, and then you um, just happens to be the way that I sort of curate what names to bid on at GoDaddy. Mm -hmm. And then you like dsad.com, uh, domain chain auction daily. I'm kind of curious, can you find out what day it went to auction? Because I'm like getting back to uh, September and domain chain to see if he's coming. We bought it on, what did I tell you? I think November 9th? September 9th. Or December 9th? September. September 9th. So September 9th. So... It probably started, what, five days before, seven days before that? I think there, I, I forget how long their auctions are. It's seven days or something. Okay, well, I'm, I'm curious. Um, well, maybe, uh, maybe I'll, I'll find it and post a link uh, to see what, what he's got there after the show because that, that'll be interesting. So, um, so I think really um, we got some great nuggets chatting today about um, how you go through what you're going to, um, you know, what you're going to look at on auction on a busy, busy day, because mm -hmm. a lot of domain investors have full-time jobs They're They can't, you know, look at every list under the sun either. So, um, so that's good to know. It's really been great to hear how you differentiate within a phrase and how you, um, look at really building a relationship while you are negotiating, that you make them want to do business with you, want to work it out, um, rather than squeeze every single dollar out of, out of them. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that makes a big difference in how many deals you close. Oh, and I wanted to say the other value in closing more deals is that as you gain the experience of closing the deal, you learn more about when you can push for more money or yeah. what different buyer styles are. Because if, if a I'm deal still, dies, you don't learn all that. Mm -hmm. Well, you do. I mean, you learn a lesson either way. Um, yeah. But you don't learn a conclusive lesson unless you close the deal. Um, because then you get to know who the buyer was and you know eventually and uh and you know make a decision and internalize yourself whether or not you sold it too low or you know or you hit it out of the park or you know you can sort of work through that process in your head of understanding you know if you had priced it right uh or not and yeah. you know use that for the next time yeah uh, yeah it's really uh, nothing like baptism by fire Learn the hard way. <laughs> Baptismbyfire.com? Yeah. Yes, no? Mm, yeah, actually, I like that one. I don't really know what the commercial purpose would be, but I, I, it's a phrase I use often, so I like it. All right, all right. Um, well, Drew, thank you so much for coming on. Congrats on another great sale. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next week for the Sherpa review. Um, with, uh, we'll do it with Thank Adam. you, Tess. Yeah. Um, so, uh, to our Sherpa network, um, thanks for coming. Um, if you're watching this show and you're like, Tess, you forgot to ask this question. I really want to know uh, something or other, uh, post a comment. Uh, let me know. Um, Drew, I know that you're always jumping on to answer any questions our viewers have as well. Thank you. Um, and to our Sherpa network, if you found educational benefit from the show, uh, you learned something new, you're inspired by, uh, what, what 
Drew, Drew's insights here today. Um, take a little time, join our community, break some bread with us. Um, post a comment below um, or, or share, with, share this video with your network. Um, so thanks for coming. Hope to see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.